0: Hello and welcome to this latest installment of Barnard's on the NBA. I am your host, Matt Barnard, and I'm joined here by my son and co-host, Emilio. Hey. That is uh, Emilio, and we are uh, joining you here today on our uh, 52nd episode. I know we said our previous one was our 50th. We were mistaken. And uh, this is our 52nd, and on this episode we will be uh, doing another another, uh, franchise profile, continuing the uh, series we began with the uh, Kings uh, slash Royals recently. We're going to be talking about... The Baltimore Bullets, the original version uh, that was based uh, in Baltimore, Maryland, of course, and uh, began play in 1947 yeah. before disbanding eight seasons later, or uh, seven and, uh, and and a bit seasons later in uh, the 1954-55 season.
1: Yes, the team that um that hasn't became the uh, the Washington Wizards. So I mean, I'm not sure it's a much less accomplished franchise. While I'm playing eight seasons towards the beginning of the year.
0: Exactly. Towards the
1: beginning of the um. Leak. so yeah we will not be talking about um, the Wizards which would be a much longer episode but
0: yeah yeah exactly we're going to be focusing in on just players who played for the original Baltimore Bullets during their first uh, eight seasons so we're going to be doing this in the way that we uh, typically do coming up with an all-time team uh, we're going to be going through it position by position starting at center followed by power forward small forward shooting guard and point guard uh, as always we have a lot to discuss so let's uh, let's jump into it meals who did you have at center for the Baltimore Bullets all-time team?
1: Yeah, before we get into that, I mean, yeah, okay. Um, I had um, Ray Felix.
0: All right, let's talk a little bit about Ray Felix. Now, I, I, I think you were about to get into this. There are a number of different ways you could approach this in terms of, like, what they did for the Bullets. Yes. Or what they did elsewhere in their career. Talk a little bit about Ray Felix.
1: Yeah, I mean, I guess this was not really a hard choice because I honestly didn't do – didn't look into that many players, but – I saw this guy and I was like, he played one season with the Bullets and he averaged 17.6 points per game and th- 13.3 rebounds per game. I mean, that's pretty nice. And I I know he didn't really play for the Bullets for that long, for only one season, but, I mean, he was an all-star that season with the Bullets, I mean, oh, I mean and the Rookie of the Year. So, I mean, he he was pretty nice, Baby Ray.
0: Yeah, his nickname uh, Baby Ray, also the count, the uh, courtesy of a basketball reference, uh, you know, basketball Mel reference, counts. uh, essential for us. Yeah. I mean, uh, similar to Mel Counts. Uh, absolutely. Uh, as you mentioned, uh, w- one time all-star in his one year with the, uh, with, with the Bullets and, and one rookie of the year after being taken with the uh, first overall pick in the uh, 1953 NBA draft, uh, a New York guy, uh, born in New York, uh, went to high school in New York, actually played most of his career in New York, having gone to the Knicks after uh, beginning his career with the Bullets and actually, uh, uh, worked uh, after his career for the uh, uh, Department of uh, Parks and Recreation in New York City as well.
1: Yeah, so uh, definitely a New York guy. Long Island University. And uh, played a, um, a pretty good NBA career. A good lengthy career. I feel like you never really hear about him in, um, in conversation as um, as a good player in those days.
0: Yeah, it's true. Not, I I couldn't can't say I really had heard too much about Ray Felix previously, but a uh, six hundred and thirty-seven regular season games—that's a very respectable career. Do
1: you think he can make the Hall of
0: Fame? You know, it's a great question. Uh, no, I don't think so. <laughs> but he did have a really good career.
1: Yeah,
0: uh, very, very. I solid. mean,
1: if he kept up what he did the first season, I bet he would be in the.
0: Yeah, it's true. I mean, you wonder, uh, you know, what was uh, what was different? Maybe just l- less uh, less talent around him, more opportunities, perhaps that first year, uh, averaging up over thirty seven minutes per game in his first season in 1953-54.
1: I mean, maybe he just stayed there.
0: Uh, stayed with the bullets. I think he was actually traded from uh, from the bullets, so it was uh, oh. you know not not his choice to move on. But yeah, I mean, it, you know, might have been different had he uh, stayed in Baltimore, and who knows? I mean, uh, maybe the uh, the franchise would have hung around, but. Uh, I, they actually folded a short time after uh, having dealt uh, Ray Felix. Ray Felix, arguably with the uh, with the best uh, season in the history of the franchise in that one year, uh, that was the top wind share uh, top season by shares in the history of the franchise. So I certainly understand putting him here, and uh, you know, guy, hey, he's number one overall pick, so definitely a notable player in NBA history, despite uh, not getting a lot of shine, as you mentioned.
1: Yes. So let's get to your center.
0: Yeah, I went uh, I went a different direction. Uh, really, just took a different approach to this. Um, Although uh, you know, looking at it, uh, I'm I'm somewhat still torn between these two guys, but I went with Eddie Miller. Now, Eddie Miller, uh, one of these guys with with a classic Eddie nickname. Yeah, uh, Ed, and uh,
1: he um he was uh, okay. I mean, averaging ten point two points per game for his career and playing uh,
0: three seasons. Yeah, I don't I don't think we mentioned uh, Ray Felix went to uh, Long Island University. Yeah. Uh, Ed, Ed, okay, fair enough. <laughs> Eddie Miller, also a guy who. Uh, who went to uh, New York uh, University. Went to uh, Syracuse. Uh, we haven't gotten to too many Syracuse guys in this podcast, but uh, Eddie Miller was one of them.
1: Yeah, I'm sorry, but he actually only played two seasons. After.
0: Only two seasons in the league. One of those classic uh, split season situations can uh, d- uh, deceive the eyes, but a guy who played uh, 132 games for uh, for the Baltimore Bullets, which uh, you know definitely puts him uh, makes him a factor on the all time leaderboards for this franchise.
1: Yeah, for sure. I mean, yeah, I mean. Playing there for most of his career, I mean, only playing like a certain um, I um <laughs> um <laughs> no uh, okay uh, he only playing um uh, three thousand five hundred and fifteen minutes with the um, with bolts.
0: Yeah, but uh, yeah, I mean, definitely, you know, on, on the all-time uh, leaderboards, uh, that, that's still reasonably high. Uh, six foot eight, 225, uh, which is, you know, a big man for his time, certainly. Uh, yeah. Certainly center size. Uh, passed away, sadly, a few years ago back in 2014 at age eighty two. Yeah, I mean, you know, the, the bolts obviously played a long time ago. So a lot of these guys sadly have uh, have passed on. Uh, but was also a uh, guy from the New York area, New Rochelle guy, uh, born in New Rochelle, New Rochelle High School. So, I mean, went to high school, went to college rather than New York State as well. So uh, New York guy and uh, someone who, uh, you know, could fit on the, on this squad. Uh, I meant meant to ask you: Do you wear a number fifteen when you're when you're balling out in honor of uh, Eddie Miller?
1: Well, I mean, uh, no, I actually didn't get to pick. Uh,
0: no. Fair enough, fair enough. All right, so let, let's not uh, let's not belabor the uh, Eddie Miller conversation. Let's move on but, to the uh, you right. something else.
1: Um, about Long Island University. Before, um, three players from this uh, <laughs> on or three players in this franchise or like three solid players from this franchise went to there.
0: Yeah, it's interesting. I mean, Long Island University certainly uh, used to turn out a lot more pros than uh, than it does now. Yeah, for sure. All right, so let's uh, let's move on to your uh, your four meals. So we, we keep moving through these uh, through these players. Go for it's it. like
1: the third time we've talked about this guy, and um, we're going to be talking about Don Barksdale.
0: Yes, Don Barksdale uh, featured previously on our uh, UCLA episodes. We got two of those. Check them out. Uh, tell us a little bit about Don Barksdale. Now, this guy's in the Hall of Fame.
1: Yeah, we also talked a bit of him on our March 31st episode, so <laughs> we got plenty of plenty of Don Barksdale content out there. And, uh, yeah, I mean, this guy was a one-time All-Star and a Hall of Famer.
0: He sure was. Uh, yeah, I mean, a, a notable player in his career for sure. Uh, pioneer as as an African American playing in the NBA, and uh, as you mentioned, we discussed him uh, at, at some length on uh, other podcasts. So I want to uh, direct you there. But a guy who uh, started oh. started his career with the Baltimore Bullets.
1: Yeah, I wouldn't recommend the first episode against Oregon State, but I would recommend either the birthday episode or the UCLA Redux episode.
0: Yeah, so we're gonna we're gonna have you covered with uh, with, with with some other uh, with with another player covered in that Oregon State episode later in this one. So. Uh, yeah, really? you, you can skip that one. Yeah, we got to uh, so, well, – well, we'll get to it. All right. So, uh, yeah, I, I had Don Burke still as well. This guy uh, seemed to have played both the uh, the three and the four. He slotted in yeah. at, at the three on my squad. Uh, again, just a relatively brief NBA career, but, uh, I mean, you understand. I mean, he was playing back in the in, in the 50s. Not not a ton of opportunity for, throughout his uh, playing career. Yeah. Uh, the time where It would have been his playing career, I should say. Not
1: was, as good as maybe, uh, maybe uh, the guy you talked about earlier, the one that I had at center, Ray Felix. Yeah, that is
0: good start. Yeah, I mean, his number retired by uh, by, you know, at UCLA number eleven. I mean, that's uh, it's pretty impressive. I mean, UCLA obviously has had a you know, wide variety of uh, fantastic players uh, come through their ranks. All right, so let's uh, let's keep moving here, and uh, get to my four. I'm talking about Walt Budko. Now, uh, Mills, what what did you see uh, when you were taking a look at Walt Budko?
1: Not that much.
0: All right, so uh, Walt Walt Budko, a guy who features uh, prominently on some of the uh, all time leaderboards for uh. For this uh, Baltimore Bullets franchise, second all time in uh, games played with 190, and uh, up there in uh, all the kind of counting stats. I mean, featuring you know uh, somewhere high up on the on the leaderboards. Uh, played uh, as I mentioned, the bulk of his career with, uh, with with the Bullets. Played a little bit with the uh, with the Warriors as well in Philadelphia after uh, after leaving. But a uh, couple of solid seasons at the four for uh, Walpud. after being taken with the uh, sixth pick in the uh, 1948 BAA draft. Yes. Attended uh, Columbia University, apparently uh, inspired to uh, to go there as a result of his uh, admiration for the great Sid Luckman. <laughs> okay.
1: And, uh, yeah, I mean, sixth overall in the draft. So I don't know if you mentioned
0: that. Yeah, I mean, that's, that's pretty solid. Were a couple of numbers in his career. And, uh, yeah, I mean, you know, averaged, uh, you know, as, as many as 11 and a half points per game during his uh, rookie season back in 48-49 uh, with the Bullets. and uh,
1: Transferred from the VAA to the NBA
0: yeah yeah, kind of tailed off from there but yeah he was there as the transition took place uh, between those uh, 48 49 and 4950 seasons
1: yeah I actually didn't know the uh, bullet uh, played in the NBA but I guess they did
0: yeah actually uh, worked as uh, worked in insurance after uh, leaving the league as well Found that out from mm-hmm. uh, checking out a death notice <laughs>
1: yeah
0: uh, all right so let's uh l- let's keep moving unless you have anything else on uh, Walt Putko? Uh no all right so let's uh l- let's keep it rolling here Mills who'd you have at the three?
1: I had Chick Riser.
0: Now we're talking. I
1: don't know why I put him here, but I just did. I, I just put him here. I mean, it's kind of like it's. He's kind of similar to Ed Miller or Ed, 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 Eddie Ed Miller.
0: Uh, similar to Eddie <laughs> Ed Miller in some <laughs> respects, but uh, you got to give it up for Chick Riser. I mean, this guy, born uh born in December uh December seventeenth uh, back in, uh, in nineteen fourteen, passed away in ninety six guy who attended NYU, and he went to Stuyvesant High School. What is up? That's my alma mater.
1: Yes, uh, and uh, actually, for some weird reason, it does not show what pick he was in the um, 1947 BAA draft. That was the first ever BAA draft.
0: Yeah, definitely uh, uh, not as much information available about uh, some of the drafts from back in those days. I mean, his, his Wikipedia page actually shows that he was taken in the ninth round with the 75th overall pick. But uh, that information can definitely be spotty looking all the way back there. Um, yeah, I mean, uh, coached as well for the Bullets uh, back in the uh, 51-52 season. Uh, you know, didn't have amazing success with that. But uh, definitely, uh, you know, a, a notable player. I mean, won, won a couple of titles in the NBL as well. I mean, I know we don't have that, uh, that info uh, available to us on uh, Basketball Reference, but uh, played, played for uh, NBL squads as well. Uh, the Fort Wayne Pistons, uh, notably. Winning uh, yeah. those two titles for
1: actually a lot of these players, I feel like they might. I mean, actually, he won a title, but a lot of these players have. And but a lot of these players like like didn't play that long because they like play. They were like too late for the NBA, kind of.
0: Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Chick Riser. I mean, a perfect example of that. Starting his uh, BAA career at age thirty-three. I mean, like you know, how much time could he possibly have had left? Uh, beginning at age thirty-three. Yeah.
1: I mean, only played until thirty-five and. Um, I mean, got up to 11.5 um, points per game in his first season and, I mean, dropped off from there. Also played with the Washington Capitals.
0: Yes, back in the uh, 49-50 season uh, to close out his career. But, uh, you know, big ups, Chick Riser, representing Stuyvesant High School. Uh, yeah. R- really appreciate that. He actually didn't make my team, but, of course, uh, you know, I was eager to, uh, eager to get to him on this episode. Uh, my three, if you're ready to uh, to move on here. Yes. Uh, was Don Barksdale. Okay, so let's move on to the two.
1: <laughs> yeah. Uh, my two was um, Paul Hoffman. And he is uh, at the top of the, uh, a lot of the leaderboards.
0: Absolutely. Paul Hoffman with a uh, legendary career for uh, for these Baltimore Bullets. Really, I mean, at the top of the stack in so many different statistical categories, way out in front in games played, for instance.
1: Yeah, I mean, up by almost 100 uh, ones and... Couldn't wait to talk about this. I mean this guy this guy um gotta be related maybe to um to uh Mel Counts was his name or
0: Yeah, yeah. Well, uh, Mel, Mel, Mel Counts we're talking about uh the, the beginning of the episode here.
1: Well yeah, for i don't know who won um the unofficial rookie of the year before and one of our Oh yes, 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 yes. I forget his name, but this guy won unofficial rookie of the year. Nice work.
0: Absolutely. Paul Hoffman, I mean, even before it was official, I mean, they didn't even have to get into all that, all the technicalities of it. Uh, won the Rookie of the Year unofficially back in 47-48 and uh, won the NBA championship as, or, uh, the B, uh, the championship as well in uh, in 1948.
1: I mean, same season. And, I mean, he um, he had illness for, like, a heart condition, and he sat out, like, two seasons.
0: His age, uh, 26 and 20, uh, 23 and 26 seasons.
1: Yeah, and, um, he, uh, he is, uh, he um he played a uh, 317 actual games, which is actually not that bad from back in the day. and I mean average 10 point two points per game, five point1 rebounds I mean this guy was this guy was legit.
0: Yeah, definitely it has uh, yeah I mean unusual to see a couple of seasons uh, missed due to uh, heart condition but obviously you know you got to work with, uh, with what you got guy who attended uh, Purdue and I think uh, some really cool nicknames according to basketball reference uh, bear and and the body.
1: Yeah, that actually is pretty cool. I think what would be cool if that like combined like bear the body.
0: Yeah, or the the bear body, the body bear. Yeah, something like that. <laughs> I think another nickname you could uh, you could give uh, Paul Hoffman is uh, Mister Baltimore Bullets. Wouldn't you say? I mean, this guy is like you look at the all time leaderboards for this team. I mean, he's at the top of he, just about everything.
1: Top of Top of game, seven minutes played, field goals, field goal attempts, two point field goals, two point field goal attempts, field goal miss, free throws, free throw attempts, assists, personal fouls, points. I mean, yeah, I mean that's just a lot of stuff. I mean, leading the franchise.
0: Absolutely. So, I mean, definitely, yeah, I mean, a guy who had who had a huge impact on this uh, early Baltimore Bullets uh, franchise, to be sure, and, and a guy I, I certainly felt compelled to uh, to get onto one of these squads.
1: Yeah, so uh, who did you have that uh, shouldn't guard?
0: I had uh, Buddy Jeanette. Now, uh, did you take a look at this guy? He's um, in the Hall of Fame.
1: I don't know if I did, but I I, th- I personally think that um you shouldn't have put him on your team. I think you should have put Paul
0: well, you know, I, I definitely considered Paul Hoffman, and I, I might uh, might regret it a little bit not having uh, Paul Hoffman in there because he was such an important player in uh, Baltimore Bullets history, but so was Buddy Jeanette. I mean, this guy's in the Hall of Fame, dude. Yeah. Um, uh... I mean, look, you know, when you're talking about Buddy Jeanette, you're looking at a guy who played three years in the league, all with the Baltimore Bullets, all right? I'm talking about 139 regular season games. He made the transition from the BAA to the NBA, right? Okay, okay, okay. He went to Washington and Jefferson College.
1: <laughs> Good for
0: He was inducted as a player in 1994.
1: If he was inducted as a player for his career, I am not happy. I am not happy. I mean, his name was actually Harry Edward Buddy Jeanette.
0: Yes, I actually played uh, an extensive career with the uh, – in the NBL prior to the NBA's founding. Okay,
1: okay, okay.
0: I, I mean, mean, that's what you're looking at here.
1: Yes, but I don't, yes. I yes, fine, good, great.
0: Played for the, for the Cleveland White Horses, the Detroit Eagles, the Sheboygan, uh, Sheboygans, and the uh, Fort Wayne Pistons prior to making his way to the Bullets.
1: Yeah, and uh, I think that's kind of cool names. I mean, the Cleveland White Horses, the Detroit Eagles.
0: Yeah, I completely agree, and I mean, you know, he's one of these guys where the fiscal record is thin enough that like you kind of just have to go with his reputation from the, from the time. I mean, you know, what, what are we supposed to judge him on? I mean, like his, his you know thirty five percent shooting from the floor his, uh, his his rookie year when he uh, led the league. I mean, it's it's hard to know what to make of that.
1: I mean, in all on the all BAA team and the and uh, actually um joined how um Hal Trid- Hal Tidrick and um, Harry Zeller, and um, going to making the NBA from Washington and Jefferson College.
0: Yeah, it seems like they were mostly uh, turning out players in those early years. Uh, Those guys all making their debuts in the uh, 1940s.
1: Yes, and um, yeah, and and only playing uh, at max uh, two seasons.
0: Yeah, so I'm Buddy Jeanette actually playing uh, playing parts of three seasons, but yeah. yeah. Uh, so a relatively brief career in terms of uh, what we can see in the BAA and NBA record, but a, a guy who uh, obviously had an impact on the game at the time and uh, went on to uh, to coach as well. Coached uh, with, the, with the Bullets, uh, the Georgetown Hoyas, obviously that's a uh, college, as well as the uh, Pittsburgh Pipers uh, later in his career hmm. okay.
1: in the NBA. Well,
0: and he won a championship. So uh,
1: you want to move on to uh, my point guard?
0: Yeah, I mean, it's worth mentioning he was the coach of the uh, the Baltimore Bolts when they won their title. That's a, that's a great point. Yeah, he right? was a player coach. Yeah, so that, that, that's uh, well worth mentioning on, on uh, in, in this episode. All right, so I think we're up to your point guard, right?
1: Yes, and uh, I had Fred Scolari.
0: Now you're talking about Fat Freddy, right?
1: Yeah, and um, Fat Freddy, Freddy, um, Blubber, and Butterball. <laughs> oh, Butterball, I love that name. He wasn't actually that fat.
0: No, no. I I think, like, by current standards, he's, I mean, the pictures of him don't look that fat at all. I mean, and he's listed at 5'10", 180. I mean, like, we wouldn't consider that fat by today's standards. But uh, seemingly, I mean, you know, blind in one eye from what we uh, come to understand. I mean, was pretty good. Deaf in one ear and uh, apparently overweight at times. But, yeah, I mean, like, you look at his his numbers from his career. This guy was good.
1: Yeah, I mean, I really love the name Butterball.
0: Yeah, it's pretty funny stuff. Uh, and we also actually talked about Fred Scolari on our uh, San Francisco episode.
1: Yeah, well, I mean, if you don't want to go check out our San Francisco episode, just keep listening right now because <laughs> we're about to talk about Fred Scolari. And uh, <laughs> he uh, he averaged 11.3 points per game for his career. And um, he got up to uh, to 14.6 um, points per game, I think. 14.6 points per game, which is pretty nice. And that, and, that was
0: his uh, career high with, in his year with uh, with the Baltimore Bullets. All star mm-hmm. as well that season
1: only one year, two years with the bullets. Sorry, but uh, parts of two seasons with the bullets, but still pretty good,
0: absolutely. Yeah, I mean, uh, yeah, as we mentioned, we played uh, most of his career elsewhere, actually played on those uh, those Washington uh, Capitol squads that we referenced uh, a short time ago, but uh, yeah, I mean, a guy who had a real impact in the league uh, coming in at age 24 and uh, and, and hanging around until he was 32, so and making his way to the Celtics by the end of his career. Uh, a guy who really had an impact. I mean, uh, uh, you know, what was it? Four-time All-Star? Or two-time All-Star?
1: Two-time me. All-Star and two-time All-BAA. Do um, you want to move on to your point guard,
0: okay. Uh Well, of course. I also had uh, Fred Scalari. I mean, he, he, you got to. I mean, he's uh, he, he had a real impact for, uh, for this franchise and I think was the highest quality point guard that uh, that they ever had.
1: Yeah, and uh, you want to mention a couple of other players here?
0: Yeah, let's just run through our teams quickly, and we'll can we come back uh, shortly thereafter and uh, and run through a few more players. All
1: right, um, center Ray Felix, um, power forward Don Barksdale, small forward Chick Reiser, shooting guard Paul Hoffman, and point guard Fred Scolari.
0: Yes, and I had uh, uh, center Eddie Miller, power forward Walt Budko, uh, small forward Don Barksdale, uh, shooting guard Buddy Jeanette, and point guard Fred Scolari. All right, let's take a real quick break now, and we'll come back in just a moment and uh, discuss a few other players who are worth mentioning. Now we're back to uh, continue our discussion of uh, Baltimore Bullets players who uh, didn't make our uh, starting fives and we haven't discussed yet. Uh, other players of note, let's talk about Stan Miasik. I'm talking about Sizzlin' Stan.
1: Yeah, I mean, a two-time um, All-EBA. All-BAA.
0: Yeah, I mean, definitely uh, impressive. Uh, this guy wore a lot of uniform numbers in his career, actually wore a different number. Uh, 14, 22,
1: 23, 7, 17, 23, 12, and 3.
0: Yeah, I mean that's a lot of uniform numbers to uh, to pack into a uh, a career. The last six years, he got seven uniform numbers in there and uh, played played extensively with the uh, with the Baltimore Bullets relative to the rest of his career.
1: Played two seasons.
0: Yeah, I mean, but played like you know, averaged uh, thirty three minutes per game during his uh, ninety one games with uh, with the franchise. So a, a guy who had uh, had an impact, uh, known as uh, one of the early stars of the NBA, if uh, his uh, uh, Wikipedia pages to be believed. Really. Yeah, it says here. He's one of the early stars of the NBA and uh, ranked, uh, had pretty high placements during the, the uh, first season of the league back in 1946-47. Uh,
1: yeah.
0: Uh, so uh, pretty cool uh, for uh, for Stan Miasik. Also uh, uh, played for the uh, Detroit Falcons, Chicago Stags, St. Paul Lights, Louisville Alumni and uh, Milwaukee Hawks. So yeah, this guy, uh, this guy got around. Yeah. Uh, all right. So do you have anything else on uh, on Stan Miasik? We We can keep moving here unfortunately I passed away as well uh, some time ago as we mentioned a lot of these guys uh, no longer with us let's get
1: to um Roland
0: let's go to uh, yeah Roland Hans let, let, let's talk Roland Hans just wanted to mention the guy who is
1: um not dead this guy's handy
0: yeah yeah I mean re- respect to, to Roland Hans a brief run in uh, in the NBA back in the uh, 53 54 and 40, uh, 54 55 seasons uh, with, with the uh, with the bullets only uh, 80 games total um, during his time in the league. Uh, one of these guys who went to uh, Long Island University. We mentioned uh, mentioned that earlier. A couple of cool nicknames for uh, Roland Hans. Yeah, Raleigh and um,
1: Rocklin <laughs> Raleigh from Poly.
0: Uh, Rollickin' uh, Raleigh from Poly actually went to uh, Polytechnic uh, High School in uh, in LA, famed uh, famed high school. Other uh, NBA players have attended there as well. I don't have that handy uh, right this second, but a uh, guy who uh, made his way across the country for uh, for college and then obviously. Uh, down to Baltimore for his uh, brief pro career.
1: Yeah, and uh, let's also mention uh, Connie Simmons.
0: Yeah, Connie Simmons, another guy from just around the way, up in uh, up in Flushing, Flushing, New York, uh, Queens. Uh, talking about uh, corny, corny uh, Connie Simmons.
1: Yeah, I mean, had a brother who played in the league, Johnny Simmons.
0: Yeah, it's pretty cool that uh, that, that happened. Uh, also, <laughs> uh, an NBA champ with. Uh, <laughs> wow. Well, I mean, he was on the title team of, uh, of the Baltimore Bullets. Awesome.
1: <laughs> Johnny Simmons, not,
0: not quite as fortunate, uh, did not win a title, just uh, part of one maybe season I back in the, in the BAA. Uh, I, I, baby. <laughs> maybe. <laughs> maybe let him check out the ring. A uh, guy who attended uh, NYU is the brother, uh, Johnny Simmons. Uh, Connie Simmons, the NBA player, uh, did not go to college, at least as far as we can tell, but uh, did uh, – play in the NBA for uh, for quite some time, 598 regular season games, pretty substantial, and uh, averaging uh, 9.8 points uh, per game during that time and almost 23 minutes per game. So uh, a decent yeah. career uh, in terms of volume for uh, for Connie Simmons, especially a guy who played uh, back in the day. Yes, for sure. I think you do notice, as you look at players who played in the really early days of the NBA slash BAA, that some of these guys clearly didn't have the talent or uh you know staying power to hang around in the league after like the first few years. Like, you know, once they started getting more players in and you know the league started getting populated with you know more and more talent and stuff, a lot of guys dropped out. But uh Connie Simmons is an example of someone who was able to actually hang around. Yeah. I'm sure the fact that he was 6'8", uh, two twenty two uh helped in that regard. I mean there are not a lot of guys his size uh, yeah. uh in the league at that point. Yeah. But uh yeah, I mean definitely some staying power. A ten year career starting then is uh is is pretty impressive.
1: Might have also helped his thing. it was corny.
0: Yeah, I mean, that absolutely. I mean, you know, the, the more hooks you have uh, in in the fan base and, you know, marketing angle and all that kind of stuff. I mean, you can only imagine the marketing opportunities when one of your star players uh, has a nickname that's uh, Corny. Yes. All right. So uh, before we uh, before we wrap up this episode and, and or really take a look at, at the franchise history, just run through that a little bit more. Let's talk about Jim Bechtold.
1: Yeah. Uh, yeah, I mean, one of two more players we'll probably mention here, and uh, he um, averaged nine point seven points per game and was and uh, was um he was a professor at Eastern Kentucky.
0: Yeah, I mean, you got to give it up. He was a uh, uh, the coach, uh, head basketball coach at uh, Eastern Kentucky University as well. Uh, you know, way back in the day, we're talking about 60, 1962 to nineteen sixty six. Uh, actually, the second overall pick though in the uh, nineteen fifty two NBA draft. I mean, that's a real feather in his cap.
1: Yeah, and uh, he was alive when I
0: was alive. I was just going to say, I mean, actually, uh, you know, survived until uh, you had been born for, uh, for a few months. Uh, passed away back in uh, 2011 at age 83. But a uh, good long life for uh, Jim Bechtold. Managed uh, 321 regular season games in his career. And uh, actually, you know, some pretty solid uh, numbers for the time he was out there.
1: Yeah,
0: no doubt. Uh, both with the Bullets and uh, for one season, his rookie year, and uh, with the Knicks for uh, four years thereafter.
1: Yeah, let's also mention Red
0: Rocha. Now, it's been a while since we've gotten to Red Rocha. It was our first episode uh, where we were talking about Oregon State, and uh, Red Rocha came up. He's back. We're talking about the Thin Man. We sure are. Uh, And they called him Thin Man probably because he was 6'9", 185. So we're talking about a Thin Man. Yeah, I
1: mean, not as thin as him. as a uh, Fred Colari, I
0: thought you were going to say Mister Tall. <laughs> oh.
1: <laughs>
0: he is thinner, but uh, yeah, you're right. Uh, played 586 regular season games in the league, so actually, uh, despite coming in really early in the league's history, uh, you know, entering by the uh, BAA draft in 1947, as you mentioned, the first uh, draft uh, drafted by the Toronto Huskies, uh, you know, team that uh, you got to go way back to uh, to to take a look at. Actually, I went to high school in Hawaii, but uh, yeah, hung around the league for uh, for nine years. Got 586 regular season games in there, averaging almost 10 point, almost 11 points per game, and uh, up over six and a half rebounds. So definitely made a, a significant contribution while he was uh, on the court. Yeah,
1: and uh, I mean, was a two time All Star and um, a uh, NBA champ.
0: Absolutely, and uh, uh, as you mentioned, similar deal to uh, to uh, Connie Simmons, I think, in that he was uh, able to hang around, probably in, in part because he was, you know, got that terrific size at six nine. Uh, not too many guys his size with any kind of skill level who were uh, involved in organized basketball uh, back during that time. Uh, also, a long life for uh, for Ed Rocha, passing away. Uh, didn't quite make it up to uh, your uh, your birth, but got pretty close. Uh, passing away in uh, February of uh, uh, of 2010. Uh, should also um mention that he uh, became a, a coach after his uh after his career he was actually the uh, head coach of the uh my Detroit Pistons back in uh, 1958 uh, through Pretty 1960 cool. absolutely red Rocha and I uh, went on to uh, to coach at a uh, university of Hawaii as well yeah all right so let's uh l- let's let's move on from the players at this point and just uh take a look at uh, the history of the uh, Baltimore bullets franchise as we mentioned kind of brief only only uh, parts of eight seasons
1: and only uh, made the playoffs three times
0: that's right. So let's talk about uh, about what it was like in the early days for uh, for these Baltimore Bullets.
1: Yeah, I mean, actually, um, most of their coaches actually playing on their team. Only one coach that didn't play for them.
0: Like, yeah, yeah.
1: With um, CB and uh, <laughs> uh, Claire B, and uh, he um, he coached them for a bit, and um, he. Uh, and also, the players coaching from there, um, Chick Riser, Fred Scalari, Walt Budko, and Buddy Jeanette. And so, um a bunch of different players uh, won the finals in the first season.
0: Yeah, back cool. in 47-48, a yeah, very impressive season. Just a 28-20 and 20 regular season record. But they won the finals under uh, player coach uh, Buddy Jeanette.
1: Yeah, and they um just, like, quit during the 54-55 um, season.
0: It's true. It's an unusual uh, situation there. And actually, the, uh, the, the last team in NBA slash BAA history to uh, just straight up fold. Uh, no, no team has done so since then. And um, yeah, it's kind of a, a, a blast from the past, for sure. I mean, like you don't, you don't, really, uh, you don't really think of, of there being any possibility of teams folding in professional in high-level professional sports uh, today. But certainly things were very different back in uh, the 54-55 season.
1: Yeah, before we um, wrap things up, just want to mention what their logo is. Um, uh, they uh they have like a cannon, I think, or
0: I think it's actually like a bullet hitting like a uh, a basketball.
1: Oh, and uh, yeah, that's pretty cool. It seems like two, like a basketball is behind it too. It's like a, a silver kind of bullet. Well, it's a silver ball it's hitting like getting smashed by a bullet, and there's another ball behind it.
0: Yeah, yeah. Uh, actually, uh, I'm looking this up too. Uh, actually, uh, known as the uh, Baltimore Bullets due to the uh, the Phoenix Shot Tower, also known as the Old Baltimore Shot Tower, which is uh, uh, apparently a landmark in, uh, in in Baltimore. So that that's uh, that's where the bullets connection comes in.
1: Oh, interesting. I
0: uh, I, I thought so as well. So because uh, they would produce, I, I guess, uh, shot like uh, you know the. What you use for uh, uh, shooting guns and stuff, uh, so like like bullets, and uh, at, at this location. So, yeah, an interesting uh, note about the uh, about the bullets there. So uh, yeah, as you mentioned, uh, the the bullets uh, you know no longer with us uh, either in their current uh, e- either their their previous version uh, that we've been talking about this whole episode, and uh, obviously the the more recent bullets have uh, faded away into the wizards as well. So this is a uh, defunct franchise and uh, one we're we're happy to put put a bow on here.
1: Yeah, and um, I think that'll wrap it up. And if you're looking for any other podcasts, you can check out uh, favorites with Ava and Matt or uh, listen to more of our episodes and ones that we've suggested in our other episodes. You
0: know? Absolutely. we got a lot of uh, a lot of great content for you at this point. We've uh, produced now 52 episodes. Uh, thanks so much for joining us. If you have any uh, questions or comments for us, please uh, feel free to reach out at uh, Barnards on the NBA at uh, gmail.com. We read every email that we receive. And um, (laughs) you can uh, also reach out to us on Twitter at uh, Barnards on NBA. Uh, Thanks so much for joining us. And we'll be back in just another couple of days with another episode.
1: Bye.